Welcome to the PM Power Podcast, where Darren Hunter from Inspired Growth Training interviews some of the world's best property management experts to give you real solutions to the biggest issues property managers struggle with everywhere. For 25 ways to control office interruptions so you can slam through more tasks faster, go to pmpowerkeys.com. Hi everyone, Darren Hunter here. Before we get into our podcast, just want to do a quick shout out for Inspection Manager. What an amazing inspection app platform that they have. And they're really excited at the moment with their tenant assisted routine inspections, where your tenants in the convenience of their own time frame and in the convenience of their rental property, they can be getting you through the app inspections, um, their own inspection or their own photos that they've done. Now this is going to help you particularly if you're in lockdown, but what we've also found as businesses have come out of lockdown, um, they've found that perhaps they can do maybe one or even two of these inspections a year aside from scheduling their normal routine inspections. The next step really go and have a demo, have a look for yourself and make a decision where this could actually work for you too. So go to inspectionmanager.com, request a demo and check it out. Hi everyone, Darren Hunter here from Inspired Growth Training and this is the PM Power podcast show where we just focus on the things that matter to property managers, what they deal with every day and my special guest today, a big thank you to Joe I Emma. How are you going, Joe? Very well, mate. Thank you. Cool. And um, so good to have you on the show. Um, you're a guy that we've known for a long time, certainly been in our circles. We've been connected for a very long time. But a background with Joe. Joe uh, I Emma is the department head and also director with Doyle Spillane Real Estate based on the Northern Beaches uh, in DY in North, Northern Sydney and um, in New South Wales. And Joe, you've been in real estate, in property management, you tell me, since 1988. Now, I never realized you'd been in property management longer than me, so I've only just learned that. But uh, well done. You, you've yeah, got I'll a- keep that to myself. Um, and uh, let, let's have a talk about dealing with um, owners and tenants and around angry and upset. We're not going to really get into the difficult type owners. That's for another podcast. Let's talk about, you know, those unpleasant things that property managers really do need to have good skills in dealing with angry and upset. And I suppose one of the things we've always got to keep in mind in property management, we've got to do whatever we can to reduce conflict, eliminate conflict, but there is a level of conflict that's woven into what we do that we've got to manage and keep under control, particularly when it comes to uh, owners, um, they're, um, you know, concerned about their money. They're concerned about finances to them. It's a money thing. And to tenants, it's not a money thing. It's a home thing. It's a sanctuary thing. It's a place of safety, um, and uh, for them and their family. So if anything, uh, are poles apart, it's owners and tenants uh, and what they want, um, which can lead to a clash. So we've got to be mindful of that and skilled in winding down potentially hostile situations and be skilled at that. Um, so Joe, let's have a talk about this. We're going to talk about owners um, and some typical trigger points. We can talk about tenants and how we can diffuse that as well and become skilled at that as property managers. So Joe, um, let's talk about um, a lack of communication. How can that become an issue and a concern? What are we going to look out for? Yeah, definitely. I think that's that's massive. And I think most um, 
conflict arises from, you know, a lack of communication or, or people not having the correct expectations as to, you know, what's going on on processes. So, yeah, from a landlord's perspective, if they ring their property manager and they don't get a reply, then I think the second or third time that they call, they're not going to be happy about it. So I guess, you know, from a, you know, landlord's perspective, yes, they all believe that we just sit by the desk and are waiting for their phone call. We know that's not um, reality. But in saying that, there's an acceptable time that I would expect my property managers to reply to an owner's request. Um, and especially in this day and age where everything is so, everything is so fast, you know, like as I said, you can get, you know, food delivered in 10 minutes and um, shopping delivered, you know, less than 24 hours, you know, an owner not getting a phone call back for a day or two is really not acceptable. So I find when an owner's angry and when I'm having to step in, it's because one of the property managers potentially has missed a call or not returned the call or the owner's expectation um, is not in line with our delivery or not in line with our um, service guarantees and whatnot. So, and, and we know that sometimes you can't make everybody happy. Um, but, you know, I think if owners know what to expect, and know when they're going to get a return call, then you'll find that, that you're not going to get that angst from when they're calling. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. And as a property owner myself of two rental properties, this is the way I look at it. And it's really good that I am a property owner because I can now see the other side of things and um, have a completely different perspective. Um, when I'm flat chat busy, I, I don't want to know about property management. I don't want to know about my rental properties. I want it out of mind. And that's my peace of mind that I need. But if I have something that I need to talk to my property manager about, that's something that is um, serious to me or it's urgent or it's important. And I, my value is it's important. And if I leave a phone call and that person doesn't get back within a, a reasonable time frame that you know, when we got to talk about what's reasonable too, then I can suffer insult or offense. And that's what we got to be very, very careful of. If something happens outside of somebody's expectation, that's usually where conflict occurs. And I think you, you're right, Joe, you talk about expectations. People's expectations have become more unreasonable these days. And I think that we must be more proactive in outlining what the right expectations are. So when you're signing up owners or tenants or whatever, what sort of expectations are you giving them in your customer service standards around when they can expect a phone call or an email to be returned? Yeah. And I have to be very careful um, around that. And because, you know, when I'm chasing business, um, I'm available 24 seven, you know, and you know, owners will call me at any time. And, and like I say to the team, you know, if you're replying to an email or you're responding to a phone call out of hours, you do it once, the owners will always expect that to be the case. So you can't say, oh, no, that time I rang you because, uh, you know, I just wanted to call you early, but, you know, tomorrow I'm gonna, it's going to take hours for me to return your call. So, again, that, that's all around expectations. But I expect my team to respond to their phone calls within a couple of hours, you know, I mean, we do work to an ideal week and, you know, they're structured so that at any given time, every couple of hours that, you know, they're making their phone calls that they need to, you know, a couple of times a day, they've got some blocks there where they need to be returning calls. And, and these days with email as well, um, there's really no reason that 
an email should go unanswered by the end of the day. And even if it's as easy as, hey, I've got your email, I'm just running out of the office, I respond in the morning. If an owner gets that, they're okay. If they don't get a response, then that's where, you know, they start to get angry and they start to question what's going on sort of thing. So, you know, there are some tips around that. Um, these days, text messages, I use text messages a lot, um, and I find people love it. They, re they respond to that, and they're happy to get a text saying, hey, I'm on the phone, or I can't call you today, I'll, I'll call you at 8.30 tomorrow morning. So again, letting them know that I've got their message, and when they're going to expect a call back, sort of thing. So I think that's important. Yeah. So in answer to your question, phone calls, a couple of hours. Emails, the same, blocks, every couple of hours, they need to be getting back to emails. Yeah. One of the things we recommend is um, because a lot of owners have a, an unreasonable expectation about how soon that their email should be responded to and also with the obscure expectation they actually think property managers possibly are sitting at their keyboard when that email arrives when in fact the truth is you're out on the road managing property. Yeah, um, yeah. It's always good to use autoresponders. Um, at that point to um, set up an expectation instantly that when that email has arrived, tells them how you're going to do with the email. And you could use words along the lines of property management keeps us really busy um, and day to day and keeps us out of the office. And we're not able to respond to our emails as, as quickly as what we would like. Um, therefore, please know that we will, uh, we'll get back to you within uh, 24 hours. Um, however, if it's an emergency, then call this phone number or something like that. And just eases those people's um, expectations and brings them into line with reality and suddenly they're not getting upset but if we give them nothing at the point they send us an email then their unreasonable expectations are still in place and that adds on a level of anxiety um, around us um, and it can be a bit of a burden as well thinking these emails are building up I'm doing XYZ I can't get to it so I suppose for everyone out there you know be easy on yourself question the use of or the use of autoresponders they're not just there for when you're sick or when you're on leave um, you know consider using them 24 7 and um, let people know of the right expectations because when a person has wrong or indifferent expectations that's where conflict is going to occur so um, and I was going to say that that autoresponder I stole off you as well, um, and I use that all the time. It's it's, it's a great one, and people love it. Um, yeah, I always get comments on, "Oh, I love you out of office," you know. So yeah, if you mm. if you don't have it, look up Darren's auto reply. Awesome. <laughs> Actually, Dennis and I have a a bit of um, grief over that one. He doesn't like it because he's coming from the BDM point of view. Oh, so yeah. uh, it's actually been switched yeah. off of late, but. Um, Anyway, let, let's move on. So let's have a talk about statements. Now, interesting also, you talk about statements and their points of possible anger and upset. Um, it, it's interesting that as a property owner myself, I watch my, my what I do, my behavior, how I think, um, for example, when I've got statements. And so this is generally the environment that I'm in, Joe, when I get a statement. I'm hard doing work, you know, and then... Uh, I check my emails and there's like six emails there, but one of them is my end of month statement. I think, oh, goodness, that came around quick. Uh, is that, oh boy, you know, um, the first, of course, you know, and then I might open it really quickly um, and sort of have a quick look what's there. If there's an inspection attached or something, I might come back to it later. But here is what's really interesting, Joe. This is my expectation. I expect to see four weeks rent, less expenses. That is my expectation. So if I open up that statement, 
I always look for the paid to date of the tenant to make sure that they're on track. And I've never had a problem with that really. Um, but if I see a big bill that I wasn't expecting, that causes upset. Why? Because I've got one or two days now to scramble to make sure that I've got money that the, the, that's going to be there for, in the mortgage account. Yeah, and and um, just as a warning out there to prop managers, be aware of that. Your owners think they're getting four weeks rent, less expenses, unless you've told them otherwise. Yeah. If you haven't told them, it's going to be a nasty surprise. And that could cause a knee-jerk reaction that you could temper if you were proactively simply get on the phone and let, hey, Mr. Owner, just letting you know this is what's happened this month, if you feel that that could be an issue. Definitely. Like, I find, and, and it's, look, it's a strange one because I get some landlords that will never look at a statement and they just want to see, that as long as they look at their bank account and there's money gone in, you'll never hear from them. But then I've got others that will jump on anything. Like, we get complaints when tenants have paid six weeks rent. Why am I getting six weeks rent? I don't want six weeks rent. I want four weeks rent. Like, and you think to yourself, you know, why would you complain? You're getting six because they're thinking about the next month that they spent that extra two weeks and they're going to make up for it like you said. So um, look, as a department manager, I pretty much, we do a run of statements and I review every statement, thousand statements um, before they go, go to print um, because I know that that's a big one for landlords. If they see something that's been paid, out of their account, which doesn't relate to their property, or they're missing money, they're missing weeks rent, or whatever it may be. Um, I know that we're going to get bombarded with phone calls. So, to me, uh, a, a good run, a good month is when I don't get any emails or phone calls after the statements have gone out. And that's really good that you're still checking them, though. And when I was in property management, I was doing the same. I'll be checking off every statement. And here is what I would do too if I had a tenant. Um, that at the point that the end of financial, so the end of month run was done, if a tenant was say three days, four days behind in the rent or more, I'd be getting on the phone to the owner and letting them know. And, and, and that was born out of right back in about 1990, because I started in 89, you started in 88. Um, I remember right back then in 1990 or 89, I remember getting a phone call from an owner he was one of my multi-property owners. And he said, Darren, how many properties are you managing of mine? I said, oh, I think his name was Joe. I said, I, I think Joe, it's, uh, it's, it's four properties. He said, Darren, I've only had $300 this month. I went, oh, really? And here was the point. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. And I was shocked. I went in there and it was just one of those ducks in a row in a negative way, all of these tenants had decided for X, Y, Z reason that they couldn't pay, didn't pay that month. Um, and it was just, I don't remember it being malicious on the tenant's behalf, but it was simply, I was unaware and the owner was upset. And here is the point you've made it on the statements. If the owner has to call us, yes. then we've lost. No. And, and you know, from a report perspective, when you call that owner, when that owner calls you, like I get a lot of calls because I've, I've seen the statement I can see that there's going to be like, it's not clear and I can either make a phone call or shoot them a quick email saying, Hey, you're going to get your statement. You said that the tenants paid, got a credit of $200, hasn't advanced a date because they haven't paid the full amount. Um, if I get a phone call like that and I quickly look at it before they even have to mention what's wrong, I can say, yeah, I saw your statement go out. I know that the tenants paid in advance or I know that the tenants paid $50 short. They're like, Oh wow. Thank you. You know, they, 
appreciate that you've already got that under control and you've been looking at it. But um, but when you don't, that creates problems for people. You know, if they get a statement and you know something's been paid and um, you know in this day and age with some of the process that we have, it doesn't really happen anymore because people get you know notified when the bill comes in and, and you know notified that it's going to come out of their their rents and whatnot. But also from a business owner's perspective, um, for all the business owners out there. The amount of fees that I pick up that aren't being charged out, massive. Like, you know, there's, you know, because again, especially at the moment, because these days we never see the tenants in the office. They don't sign leases in the office. They don't pay monies in the office. Your processes have to be so tight to know when monies have come in, when leases have been signed, when the fees have been charged. Um, but that's another one as well, because you know what? If you miss charging them that fee at this month and you, Try and charge them the next month, or in six months' time, or something yeah, six like months that. Time, or if you miss charging them advertising and marketing, you try and pick it up in a couple of months' time. That is a phone call that they're going to be angry. They're not yeah, happy. With yeah, you've, you've so, spent yeah. spent that you've spent that goodwill. Yeah, that, that, that's the Here is something else, Joe, that I've picked up in my thinking as a property owner when I get these statements. When I open that statement, I've got this subconscious. Um, feeling of that's what I pay my property manager for that the worth that I have in my property management service is um, is felt or experienced at the statement point 12 times a year is when I judge in my mind is my property management service worth it or not those statements are your worth to the owner in justifying who you are as in property management Every time that they can pick up that statement, look at it and go, great, another month, and, and follow it away without a question. Yep. Again, just, it, it's building that trust in you, and, and that's, that's massive. Because, yep. you know, looking at how, how we do with angry sort of landlords is that if they trust you, they're not angry. You know, they'll ring you, and they'll bring something to our attention, but they're not angry. So very rarely do we get um, an angry landlord as such, you know, because uh, hopefully that trust has been built up that you don't have an issue. And look, people... That's the other thing I was going to mention about, you know, dealing with, you know, angry landlords or tenants. It's all about um, also putting your hand up and saying, oh, sorry, we made a mistake and this is how we're going to rectify it. So if, if I see something and, you know, there's been a renewal fee charge or whatever it may be and they weren't expecting that, um, you know, again, it's sort of, oh, sorry, yeah, I can see that that's been charged twice, whatever it may be. Um, we'll get that rectified. I'll transfer the money to your account this afternoon. So again, you know, dealing with angry people, you can diffuse that situation by putting your hand up and saying, oh, look, I can see it was made a mistake and I'll rectify it right now for you. So, you know, that just takes away any angst um, from a perspective of landlord anyway. Yeah. Let, let's talk about um, late rent. Let's talk about repairs and those trigger points, Joe, around angry and upset. Um, what are some of the things that you do um, to alleviate those or watch out for areas that could blow up? I think from a landlord's perspective with rent arrears, um, like you pointed out before, um, is just making them aware. Like people don't, landlords don't like to get a statement and realise, oh, the tenant's a week behind or two weeks behind or whatever that may be. So uh, I think, you know, that communication with the landlord is extremely important. Um, and again, if they know that you're onto it, they don't worry about it. When the statement comes in, they know, oh, okay, yeah, Joe rang me, the rent was behind. Um, the tenants are paying double this week or whatever it may be. So, again, that communication is vital and you find that you don't. I think where 
you know, and you know, as I said, I've been I've been a property manager um, for a long time, and I've always been on the tools. So you know, I don't. I've always been at the cold face. So and and I remember when you know, like you said, back in late '80s, early '90s, things were tough. You know, people. You know, I know what we've gone through at the moment has been extremely tough on people, but uh, I say to a lot of people back in the early '90s, you know, people didn't have work. Um, yeah, and they sat in properties and you had to physically evict them and there was no hope, no government handouts or anything like that. So, you know, at that time, you know, when you're young and, and you're inexperienced and we probably didn't have these processes in place, yeah, you were scared to make that phone call to the landlord and say, you know, oh, your, your tenant hasn't paid. Well, how long are they having paid for, Joe? And it's like, oh, a couple of weeks. How, how many weeks, Joe? And it's like three or four weeks, you know? And, and that's where, you know, owners all were very angry. So, um, in short, these days we have processes in place. You know, most of our landlords are advised three, four days as soon as the tenants in arrears, they get notified. Um, again, most of our tenants sort of are pretty diligent with their payments, and and we like at any given day. You know, we I think today we had you know ten tenants out of nine hundred and ninety that owed more than a week's rent. So we're not dealing with a, a massive sort of um, rent arrear issues. But again, it's because we have these processes in place. So again, our landlords know if my tenant's seven days behind, the agent will call me. So again, we don't get into that situation. But um, you know, again, it's it's about communicating, and and also, you know, what, what triggered in me back then is that it's not our fault that the tenant's not paying the rent. Um, where we compound that error, and where people get upset, is when we haven't communicate with the landlord, you know, because again, at the end of the day, yes, things happen and, and people get behind. Um, most people are accepting that people go through situations, but if we're not delivering, if we're not letting the owners know, that's when they get angry. So ultimately that's where my role as a property manager became a lot easier because I sort of realized that, hey, it's not my fault the tenant hasn't paid the rent. That's the decision that they've made. I've just got to let the owner know and, and let them know what steps we're taking. So once you do that, you'll find that a lot of that angst went away. Yeah, because, you know, they're not, yeah, they're angry because the tenant's not paying rent, but they're not angry at us. They're angry at the tenant. So but you're uh, choosing not to take on the issue personally as well, that you'll do your best, but you can't exactly carry right. their load for them. Yeah, I used to take it really personal too. You know, I used to think, oh, this owner's going to get so angry. And, and yeah, that used to keep me up at night, you know, and, and it's funny because, you know, something switched in me and I said, you know what, at the end of the day, as long as I do my role properly, whatever happens is out of my control and I can't control. And no one can be angry at me as long as I've done my job properly. So uh, I think, yeah, you, you're right. It's just sort of not taking it personal um, was, a, was a big thing for me because, yeah, I used to um, take a lot on personal, but also, you know, the, the business that we had was a, a little bit different, you know, um, most of our clients were made up of, you know, relatives and friends, and then they're and they're the hardest ones that you end up having problems with and things don't go right. So, yeah, but it was a good, it was a good, um, yeah, training or not training, but a good learning experience for me. Yeah, so. so, moving on, let let's talk about um, other trigger points that can 
result in angry or upset owners with vacancy. Um, I think, you know, the whole game or the whole goal for you with your owners is to put them into a place of peace of mind. And that peace of mind means they simply, it's in your hands. They're not thinking about you. They're not thinking about their property. They've switched off to everything that you do in their mind. They're going on with what they do in their world. And that's a peace of mind. And they double check to make sure everything's cool at statement time. That's the point where they check the pulse you just go, yep, that's cool. And they can go back to that place of peace of mind. That's the strongest, the best place you want your owners. Because even if you put a letter in front of them to say that business running expenses have gone up and cost of legislative compliance has gone up and we haven't revised our fees for five years, we've had to make some changes. And here is some increased or added fees we've had to add. Even in that place, long as they're in that place of peace of mind, they don't want to leave that place and they're, therefore they're happy to pay more. But here is when their peace of mind is destabilized, that's when they get stressed. It's no longer back of mind. It's no longer peace of mind. There's no longer, um, it's now in, in the fore of their thinking and, 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 um, and wrestling with that. And vacancy is one of those places where they're now stressed and anxious. Hi everyone, Michael from Teams by Design. We've just recently launched our after-hour phone service. What that means for you is we can now answer your phone calls from 5 p.m. Monday through Friday and all day Saturday and Sunday. We can help you with inquiries such as property inquiry, leasing inquiry, maintenance support, and new business inquiries. So please make sure you head to teamsbydesign.com, leave your information, we'll arrange a Zoom, and catch up and show you how we can help you through this. So, Joe, what are some of the things around vacancy that we can do to reduce um, uh, emotional upset, angry? Yeah, I mean, communication, again, is key. Um, and, and I'll just add in there that you find if you're dealing with C-class owners, um, that's where a lot of the angst comes in. Um, a lot of our owners are happy to have a little vacancy if they know that, you know, we're striving to get them the best tenant. Um, so I think, you know, sometimes the ones that get angry around vacancies um, are ones that aren't in line with what we do and how, what our mindset is around getting tenancies and, and rents and things like that. But look, communication. So, you know, with us, we have a number of processes. The minute, you know, the tenant gives notice, the, the owner is notified. Um, the owner knows exactly when the property is going to be on the market. And, and the steps that we're taking with that. The minute it goes online, you know, the owners get an email with all the different websites, with the links to the websites. Um, every showing, they get notified, they get a report. These days, they, I even get to send them a, a video message and they see my face. Um, so again, they're the sort of things that keep people um, peace of mind. You know, they know that we're out there, we're showing people. No one turned up, okay, what are we gonna do? No one turned up today. You know, if we don't get anything over the weekend, then we need to look at the price. So again, that communication, keeping them up to date with what's going on in the marketplace it is key. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, and look, don't get me wrong, you know, if it gets to a, a stage where the property's been sitting vacant for an extended period of time, yeah, the, the, anyone, you know, will start looking at their options. Um, but like you said, if they, if they trust you, they, they know what you're about, then you'll find that they're very reluctant to, to move away um, and they're more, um, they'll jump on board when you're making suggestions, you know, but again, it, it comes from, you know, being a property manager, sometimes is, is giving advice to your landlord, telling them about, you know, like, again, 
going back to my younger years, sometimes people would say something to me at an open house and I'll think, oh, I can't tell the landlord that. They're going to get angry at me, you know? So again, taking it personal. Where now it's like, no, they, they didn't like it. They thought it was dark and it smelt and and needs a coat of paint, you know? So they need to hear that. Like we, we can't be um, sugarcoating things for people because again, that's where you end up with a problem. When you take things personal, you don't want to upset people, but you're not doing them any favours because if they're not hearing you know, the feedback from your prospective tenants, then, you know, they're going to get to a stage where all they're hearing is, no, people don't like it, no, people don't like it. Um, but there's nothing, you're not giving them any suggestions of what we can do to fix that. So yeah. I always say, even to my team, if, if you, you know, like, if someone comes through and goes, it's too small, well, we can't do anything about that. We're not going to knock down walls and make it bigger for her. So that's not something that the landlord can fix. But if someone says, I'd take it if it was painted, or I'd take it if we had new carpet, or would they consider, you know, doing the gardens up? Yeah, that's something that we can do something about. And even if the owner says, no, I won't do it, you can always come back to that at the end of the day. So if the property's sitting vacant, you say, well, we did make those suggestions, we weren't happy to do that, so now we need to look at the price. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, again, that is important, communication and making sure people are aware exactly of the feedback that prospective tenants are, are giving them. So let's talk and let, let's move on. But with vacancy, um, I, I know that the more that we communicate with an owner, the more that they believe it's market conditions, the less we communicate with an owner, the more they think it's a bad property manager who's doing nothing. Even if you're showing 50 people through, if you're not communicating that or communicating your activity, what you're doing with the owner on a regular basis, they automatically think you're sitting on your hands and now they're upset. So just keep that in mind. The more communication, the more that they see its market conditions and the more that they're going to work with you and you'll maintain trust. Let's, uh, let, let's just now sort of switch a little bit towards tenants. And uh, so the biggest complaint globally, Joe, the owners have about property managers is around a lack of communication. And that's when we go to New Zealand, United States, it's what everyone, uh, you know, everyone says. I know I've read about it, but now I've seen it. People have told me with tenants, the biggest complaint they have about property managers and owners is repairs not being done. So they're the trigger points. Let's talk about some trigger points that tenants have. And at the end of the day, the tenant is our partner in the property management process. They're, they're not the second class citizen. Um, yes, our uh, number one responsibility is to owners, but also for the care, the care and welfare to make sure that our tenants are looked after. Um, and so that there does describe the difficulty of the job as well to keep the owner and the tenant happy at the same time does require a lot of skill. Um, but let's just talk about, um, you know, repairs. Let's talk about uh, dealing with, with upset tenants around repairs. Yeah, definitely. So again, you know, and, and what you touched on is vital. And I always say that, property managers, you know, you want to have a happy landlord, make sure they've got a happy tenant. If your tenant is happy, your landlord's going to be happy because, you know, the tenants are less likely to complain. They're less likely to ask for things if they're being serviced well so, and looked after. So again, you know, when a tenant is calling um, and no one calls them back and the only time that they hear from a property manager is when the rent's behind, you're going to have a problem because the tenant automatically thinks, okay, when I rang about that repair, no one came back to me, but suddenly my rent's one day behind and you're calling me. So I guess that's where tenants, you know, sort of get upset. Um, so around repairs, basically, again, in this day and age, there's no excuse. We have 
apps and, and, and websites that tenants can lodge repairs. And um, that does make our job easy because it, it hits our inbox and we can deal with it straight away. The tenants are notified that we've got it. Um, but then obviously because they are notified that we've got it, we then have to action it in a reasonable time because otherwise they know that we haven't actioned it because they are sort of kept up to date every step of the way. Um, I guess what I would say to property managers is don't sit on you know, an app or an email and think that that's okay. You know, like sometimes I, I've heard, you know, tenants ring in and they've got a problem and they're just told to go, go to the website or have you lodged the repair on your app? No, I haven't. Okay, you need to do that. From a tenant's perspective, what I would say to my property managers is I would accept that repair while you're on the phone to them, but then I'd make a point for the future what they need to do. So again, the tenant appreciates you taking the time out to take their repair on, um, but also understand that in future, you won't be able to do it. So you know, don't sort of just say, no, I can't take a repair, you need to go to the app. Regardless of how minor it is, um, I think that upsets people. Um, and some people just aren't gonna ever grasp the, the app or the website or the internet or whatever it may be. So, you know, you can't just be hard and fast about some of the processes that we have in place these days. You have to sort of know your people and accommodate them when you can. Um, just respond to them, you know, let them know that, yeah, hey, we're onto it. And, you know, if you can't get a hold of the owner for whatever reason, let the tenant know. As if the tenant's notified every step of the way, very unlikely that they're gonna ring up angry at you, you know, because they haven't heard. So again, it's just communication. Um, I guess where they can get upset sometimes, um, I've been dealing with a good one today. Um, you know, the, our, we have a tenant in the property and the neighbor's knocking down their house next door and the neighbor's offered him an eight seater spa. And this, our tenant goes, this is great. You know, he's giving me this $8,000 spa, I'm just gonna put it in the backyard and um, that's gonna be wonderful for me and my family. But the landlord's saying, no, I don't like that show, you know, like, hey, I don't know what damage is gonna to do to, you know, the concrete that's gonna be sitting on. What happens when he moves? How do we get rid of it? So again, that tenant there is not happy, but he's not unhappy with us. He's unhappy with that the owner's not giving him permission because, you know, and the minute he put in his email and his photos, we, we notified the landlord. We went back to the tenant and said, hey, we've passed your email on. As soon as the owner lets us know, um, if we don't hear from him today, we'll, we'll follow up tomorrow. So, you know, yeah, he's unhappy because he had this opportunity to get the spa in his backyard, but the landlord's not happy about it. So, you know, they don't want him to be put in a certain space and it's around sort of liabilities and things like that. So, but again, you know, if that tenant didn't hear from us and we just said nothing to him, and then next time he rang and said, oh, what happened with the spa? Oh, I don't know, we didn't hear from the landlord he's going to get angry. So uh, again, just keeping them up to date with what's going on. Um, and, you know, look, I, I think sometimes if you have got an angry tenant, um, I think, you know, like we just need to be mindful of where they're at and, and potentially we don't know what's going on in people's lives. So I think, you know, showing understanding is really important. Um, and, and, and don't be, don't be afraid to apologize. Look, I'm really sorry that, you know, this has happened. I'm sorry that you feel this way or whatever it may be, but look, I'm, I'm here to help you. So just let me know, because like you said, Darren, like we have to manage the tenant and the landlord, you know, and, and I think when you say to a tenant, oh, look, 
I'm, I'm here to help you. You know, as an agent, I, yeah, the owner employs us, but we have to service you and, and provide you a good service as well. I think when tenants hear that, they think, oh, wow, the agent's really actually interested in us and he's our agent, you know, so we can speak to him about stuff like that because ultimately, at the end of the day, we're just the man in the middle and as long as we sort of communicate with both parties, then that hopefully won't won't give us too many angry tenants anyway. But, um, but yeah, I think, you know, just having a bit of understanding and, and sort of, again, not talking down to people. I think I find that a lot with property managers that sometimes we, we tend to talk down to people um, or, dis, or be dismissive of what they're asking for or, oh, you know, that's ridiculous. Why would we do that? Or why would the owner agree to that? You know, like, it's not our core to tell them what, what is not acceptable. We sort of take it on board and, and deliver it the message back to them depending on what the owner said to us. So, yeah. Joey, let, let's, let's just increase the, the, the temperature and let's talk about um, tenants getting upset about late rent. We're calling them about late rent, but also breaches as well. So we've had to breach a tenant or even ask them to leave at the end of their tenancy um, or, or something along that lines, which is stoked for conflict. Um, what are some ways that you uh, are able to uh, keep the, uh, the, the the angry and upset factor to a minimum. Yeah, I think especially when someone's being told, like you said, it's their home um, while their tenant's there. So especially when people are being told that, hey, you know, the lease is not going to be renewed, the owners are moving back in, whatever it may be. I think that, you know, you're just going to make a phone call. So again, we these days we rely on emails and shoot them an email, say, hey, you got notice. So the tenant opens up an email and, and doesn't know what's going on. So I always like to call the tenant and just say, hey, I just wanted to sort of, you know, call you today. Unfortunately, you know, I don't have good news to deliver. Um, the owners are going to be moving back into their property. But I just wanted to call you and thank you for being great tenants and let you know that we're happy to assist you with anything, you know, a new property or whatever it may be. So straight away, they're like, yeah, they're upset that they've been given notice, but all they're thinking about, oh, the agents called me and said that they're happy to help us. We're going to be okay. You know, so... Again, delivering that message and telling them that you're happy to help them. Um, some people would say, well, maybe we don't want them as tenants. And, you know, what, but even then, even if you don't want them as tenants, you can just say to them, look, we're happy to help you. Um, and at least they feel that, you know, the blow's been softened a little bit. But definitely, you need to make it, you need to do it in person. You need to speak to the tenant, not send an email, text message, whatever it may be. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Like breaking that's... up with a girlfriend, you know? <laughs> it is a bit like that. And I think what's, what, what's good too is a lot of people out there understand the phone is for conversation and the email is for confirmation. But don't go delivering bad news by email when you need to get on the phone. So, and uh, that, that's tenants. Like, you know, I, I always thank them for being great tenants. And um, sometimes it does come back to bite us when they vacated this problem. You said we were great tenants. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. That's. Um, but yeah, thanking them and, and you know, just showing that, again, it, that they're appreciated, that their tenants has been appreciated, I think goes a long way, builds good rapport. And I said, you know, don't be afraid to apologise. You know, if someone, and, you know, years ago I had a property manager said to me, I'm not apologising, I've done nothing wrong, I'm not sorry, you know. And again, that mindset is, is prone to have conflict all the time because you don't, you don't have to be wrong just to say sorry. You should say, look, I'm sorry you feel that way or I'm sorry that this is happening to you. Like I used that the other day, like the lady was really upset. And I said, oh, I'm actually really sorry that this is happening to you at the moment, you know. 
But in saying that, you know, what can we do to help you? You know, and again, it's like if you come from a position of um, looking to help people all the time, I find that you're going to deal with less. You're going to diffuse it. You're just diffusing the conflict and unwinding the situation, uh, which is really our job, isn't it? We've got to get very, very good at throwing water on fire and not fuel on the fire. Yeah, um, I used to have a, a leasing consultant. Um, it was, you know, a young, a young girl, and, and especially back then, we used to. You know, ring people and tell them that their applications have been um, denied. And, and she, Emily would get on and say, hi, it's Emily. And just wanted to let you know that, unfortunately, your application has been denied. But thank you for applying. And people would just go, okay, thank you, bye. And that was it. You know, they wouldn't ask questions. As to why was I? Because she was so nice and cheery on the phone and said, thank you for applying. But we went with someone else. So, uh, again, I think, you know, the way you deliver a message is really important as well. You know, like if we're you know, firm and, and, you know, aggressive, we get the same back sort of thing. And, and, and for us as property managers, when someone's aggressive to us, you just don't respond. You just keep your voice nice and calm. And I often have people like going on because people, when they're angry, they just want to have their say. So I think that's really important is to listen to someone when they're going for it and, and not, not interrupt them, don't respond. And sometimes I have people that go, are you still there? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm just listening to what you're saying. So straight away, that all that anger, that angst is gone because they're like, gone. is this guy still there or not? What's he doing? He's not reacting to anything I'm saying. And he could be calling me all these names under the sun and I'd be just like, yeah, cool. Okay, sweet. So again, yeah, not not responding or not getting your back up is, is really an important part of it as well because like you said, you're, just, you're trying to defuse a situation. And sometimes, you know, Agree to disagree. Look, I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry we've let you down, whatever it may be. Um, how do we move forward? No, you can't. Okay, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. And we have to go a separate way. And that's it. So, so I think that the, the, the two main things when it comes to diffusing angry is you've got to listen and in, intentional listening. So as you said, you were just silent. You listened. You let them know, hey, I just want to listen to what you're saying. Um, so it's proactive listening, but also feedback. Look, I just want to confirm, yes, this problem here. So they, they can see that you fully have interacted with them to um, understand the problem, but also care factor. We've got to have the care factor. If we don't have the care factor there, we're throwing fuel under the fire. But if we show that we generally are interested and generally care about their situation, it just pours water onto the conflict and it brings it down. And our whole goal is to bring the emotions down to a point. Now we can have dialogue because no one can sort anything out when there's emotion that's charged. Yeah, definitely. And as a property manager, you know, like when you, you help someone where someone, like I always say it's a bit of a challenge when someone's angry is my role is to get them to calm down and, and, and see our point of view sometimes as well, just, uh, or the landlord's point of view. So, because again, sometimes they're just, you know, like they've got the blinkers on and all they're focusing on is themselves. But sometimes when they hear it from another perspective, they also sort of, you know, calm down and sort of say, okay, well, I didn't look at it that way. But my job as a property manager is, yeah, to, to end that call with them at least being okay and, and know that they've, you know, had, had it out with someone. And like, I, I do understand that sometimes as a property manager, it's difficult um, because, you know, someone will speak to my, my team and, and they'll have a good hard go at them. And then they'll say, oh, Joe, you know, can you ring this guy? And then I'll ring him and it, they'll be all nice as pie. And then the team will go, what happened? I said, yeah, he was fine. 
what do you mean he was fine? He was angry with me. So sometimes when they, they've had their rant and then they speak to someone else, again, they've already maybe mellowed. So that, that's always a good thing. And I find as a, a department manager, like you said, is that I do try and take a lot of that away from my staff. So I, I never want them, if they've got an, an issue with someone, I'm quite happy to, to jump in and, and give the person a call and have that chat. So I think yeah. you need to have someone else to bounce off sometimes. Because um, I've had people complain about me recently. Someone said, oh, I want to talk to someone about the guy I just spoke to. Like, and saying, okay, just speak to this person, you know. And again, they just wanted to have a, a rant about the way, you know, they didn't like what I was saying and they, they wanted to speak to someone else about it. So, you know, sometimes having someone that you can step in and, and help and, as, as again, as a department head or a senior property manager, sometimes that's what you need to do for your team, just take the heat off them um, because you'll find that the tenant actually responds really well to that because they think that it's progressed and, and what they've brought up is important that someone else has had to be involved. So, and sometimes they're trying to make it personal with the property manager as well. So again, by someone else coming in, it diffuses that situation as well. Let, let, let's talk about vacating and tenants are moving out they've stressed themselves financially moving into the next property they've spent themselves emotionally moving into that property now they have to come back and clean that other property you know because we've vacated that property heart mind and soul um and now we have to go back and clean it uh, we're doing a final inspection things aren't you know 100 percent up to scratch we might have to use parts of the bond, they are stretched financially. So we are stoked here for conflict and upset and angry. So Joe, help me with that in dealing with tenants and getting them throughout the other side with, you know, bond issues um, where angry and, um, you know, uh, is, is very common. Can I just say that in, we probably haven't been in a, a bond dispute or a tribunal hearing for a bond dispute in probably the last, Four or five years. I think we've had one in about four or five. Years. That that's crazy. You you guys have got to consistently over the last five years have month in month out around a thousand properties. That's exactly. that's amazing. That that's, that we don't have a that's bragging rights, Joe. That's like my goodness me. There's I was going to say it doesn't mean we don't have say problems. That. Um, but you need to look at your initial processes. Um, you know, like go back to the ingoing. You know, making sure you're giving this the, the new tenants something that's clean and that's working. Make sure it's reported properly. I mean, we videotape our properties and, and they get a, a report with photos and whatnot, um, which is, you know, probably a little bit, we go over the top, but I'd rather spend that time at the start because it doesn't, it re we still have problems at the end because people just, once they've left you, um, once they're out of that place, like you said, they're in the new place, they don't care about the old place anymore. But look, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm one, a big one on trying not to have a tenant there at the same time. I like to go there first, have a good look at the property um, and then collect my thoughts, over, look over the inspection report and then I will speak to the tenant and then I'm happy to meet them there after I've been there the first time sort of thing. Because I think I find when, when you're at the property with them, again, it, it, it's conflict. You know, you will say, oh, look, that wasn't there. Yes, it was. No, it was. And then you're you know, you're a bit rattled. So I find it easier to sort of go, collect your thoughts, take photos, and then, you know, go back and reassess. But um, look, 
it's a hard one, um, but I think, you know, if you get your expectations right at the start, you have less problems at the end. A lot of our tenants will say to us, oh, look, you know, can you guys just organise cleaners, carpet cleaners, because whatever we do isn't going to be good enough, um, so we're happy to pay for it. That's probably 90% of our outgoings go that way. But again, I find that the ones that we have issues with, um, most of the issues arise where, you know, you, you haven't got a, an inspection report which details everything and, and, and people's expectations are different. What we perceive as clean, the tenant doesn't um, when they're moving in, but when they're moving out, they do. So I think it's, look, I always, again, when I'm making the phone call and I have to deliver a message, I will call them and I'll say, hi, Joe, thank you. Um, just want to thank you for leaving the property. Great. Um, did you get professional cleaners? Because that I'm always fishing a little bit and they'll say, oh, no, we did it ourselves. Oh, wow, you did an amazing job. Um, there are a couple of items that you, you may have overlooked and I know when you're moving, it's hard. Um, are you happy for me to, to go over them now or would you like to meet me at the property? So, again, what you'll find that you thank them, they're happy, they're, oh, wow, this is cool, and only a couple of things. And, and I always say, look, we go to inspections where professional cleaners have been there and we find issues as well. So it's not a reflection on you because, again, what you need to remember is if you ring the tenant and say to them, the place is dirty, that they hear is the agent's calling me dirty. What do you think you are? You think we're filthy or you think we're animals, you know, like, so again, like that dialogue is really important. And then, and I guess the other thing, you know, that sometimes I come into and, and I don't like also is that, you know, you bombard the tenant with a hundred photos and a full list of things that need to be done on email. Again, I think something like that, you're better off meeting them at the property um, and go and just taking them through every little situation. The other thing that I would stress is Concentrate on the big things. You know, sometimes I, you know, I walk in and, and the tenant will say, oh, and you complained about a little bit of dust on the windowsill, you know, like, again, if, if you've got 10 things and you can get the major ones done, don't worry about a little bit of dust on the windowsill. Go there, it might be yourself. It doesn't matter. Well, the cleaner's going back anyway. Just get them to do it at the same time. So just concentrate on the big ticket items. Don't worry about that because... The minute you give them a list of 20 things, the tenant will take issue with the nitpicky things and, and not worry about the big things sort of thing. So uh, I guess, yeah, how do, we, how do we deal with that is, yeah, we like to meet them in person if we can um, after we've had a chance to sort of look at the property. Um, and, and again, I always, I think the other thing to keep in mind, if you've been to a property, as property managers, we know. Like I can meet a tenant and say, hey, you know what? I went there, everything's pretty good, but there's a little bit of cleaning. Um, I estimate it's going to cost you $50 to get it done by our cleaner. Are you happy for us to go ahead and do that? Oh, 50 bucks is that all? Yeah, go for it, Joe. No problems. So they know it's going to cost them $50. They're not going to even fight you about it. They'll just go, yeah. I mean, obviously, if it's going to be $500, well, then it's a different story. But again, those little things that most people complain about can be resolved pretty quickly by just, you know, A, just showing a little bit of understanding. Um, like you said, they're moving, it's massive, big weekend, they're trying to get in and out. Um, you know, obviously with damage, um, again, like it wasn't there before, it's there now. In this day and age, it's a no-brainer. There's nowhere to go with it. Like if you've got a good condition report at the start with a video and photos and the description, 
it's broken now. It wasn't broken then. Oh, you yeah, know, and I was, again, I, funny enough, um, I've had a tribunal hearing going for about three months and it was a property that we took over, over from another agent um, who didn't want to borrow it, just said to the owner, you know what? It's all wear and tear. And if you fight, if you fight this, you're going to lose. So the owner sort of rang us. We took over the manager. She was renovating it. We got a new tenant, but one of the side effects was that we took on this tribunal case, you know? Um, and again, it's like, you know, they go, oh, but that photo is not at the right angle and you can't see the light. So, you know, because otherwise it's pretty cut and dry. The only thing you're going to squabble about is like, you know, camera angles or you haven't shown the correct space. So um, if you've got something that's good, um, it, it's very hard to sort of look over us. And, and the damage, and then it all becomes, again, this is where I guess we get a little bit of anger from our owners. You need to know what you're going to be able to claim and what you're not. Telling an owner, no problems, we're going to get a whole room recarpeted for you at the cost of $1,000 because there's a little square damage in the corner isn't going to go over. Like the tenant is not going to pay $1,000 for a damaged piece of carpet. So you need to know your role and say, you know what? The tribunal might award you a couple hundred dollars as compensation because the area that's damaged, are you happy with that, Mr. and Mrs. Toner? Well, not really. I want the whole carpet replaced. But look, we're happy to buy it for you, but you're not going to win. Like this is what the tribunal, you know, depreciates, percentage of what's damaged. This is what they're going to give you. So when I say to you, we haven't been in the tribunal, it's because we know what's coming. And, and then it's our job to educate our landlords and our tenants. The same with our tenants. The tenant, you know, we'll go back to the tenant and say, oh, look, you know, there is a stain on the carpet. We need to seek some compensation from you. And, you know, nine times out of ten, the tenants are happy to pay a couple hundred dollars for a stain because if they know it's only going to be a couple hundred dollars, if you say to them, oh, I'm going to replace the whole carpet, again, you know. Now, now you're off the tribunal. So, uh, yeah. Joe, let, let's... Um... Let, let's keep on moving on. I think, um, and I just want to be conscious of time. There's a couple of things I want to bang out. Sure. Um, one is the compromise sometimes where sometimes as agents, we've got to put a little bit of money on the table just yeah. to solve a little bit of anger and upset. I think a lot of, you know, property managers out there just have these tangled messes where it might just be 50, 60 bucks, a little bit of goodwill that it wasn't your fault. You did everything right, but the owner is not going to budge. The tenant's not going to budge. It's not your fault, but sometimes a little bit of money is actually going to go a hell of a long way better than arguing and stress and, and just uh, getting things so tangled and complicated. Joe, what's your feedback on that? 100%. And, and again, you know, again, leading into why we don't go into the tribunal, I'm not going to spend time and effort on fighting over $50 or $100. Um, and as when I was young and I was doing the property management role, yeah, I, I couldn't tell them, I couldn't make that call. And, and my boss, you know, wasn't forthcoming handing over money to anyone. So I, I had those stresses and I had those issues that I couldn't sort of overcome. My team now, they know they'll come to me. I know pretty much any dispute that's going on. And if someone says to me, oh, we're, we're fighting over $50, I'm like, are you serious? Like, it's cost you more than $50 to, to talk in an email and whatnot. Just get the cleaner there and, I, and we'll pay for it. Like, yep. yeah, I, I think, you know, you have to be smart as an agent and, and say to yourself, like, again, this is another session for you, but it comes down to charging the right fees because if you're getting your, your good management fee and you're getting other fees, 
you know, you don't want to expose your owner to a tribunal hearing where they're going to be charged more fees. Like, you know, just, yeah, you need to, I, look, I don't have an issue and you'll be surprised at how little we have to throw at that stuff. So I've come what? across agents where the property managers are given what they call a slush fund, or you can call it a relief fund or a conflict fund of, you know, up to $200 or $100 a month for stuff that they would have to be accountable to, but knowing that, hey, if it's just going to be 50 bucks to fix it, let's just do that because that's the easiest way to deal with it than all the other wrestling and he said and she said and all of that stuff that just gives us anxiety and burnout. Yeah, um, it's just smart business. Yeah, look, um, as a, as a, you know, uh, a business owner, you know, I don't want my, my team to be stressing over 50 bucks, a hundred dollars, $150, or whatever it may be. Um, I'd rather they, they get resolved. They don't have to deal with the angst from the tenant or the landlord and they can move on because you know, the energy that you expend on dealing with a situation and it's always at the back of your mind. And, and that's what keeps us up at night. You know, when you've got this dispute hanging over your head, um, you know, you don't want that for, for, for your property managers. You want them, if I can make that go away from them, happy to. It's the same as like going into bat and, you know, going to an appointment um, where they know they're going to have a confrontation. Like, I'm happy to do that any time. And I think, you know, as property manager, and if you don't have a director or that is in property management, even if you have a senior manager, like that's, that's my role at the end of the day to protect my team. And yeah, look, yeah, to me, it's, it's, it's a no brainer. You know, but I give them a slush farm because I, I don't want them to be, you know, rely on that all the time and take the easy way out. Um, but you need to know your staff, yeah. Like, and I know that you know, our guys will do the best they can. Yeah. Joe, one last thing, dealing with abuse. So we talked about uh, angry and upset, but next level up is abuse. Um, what, what are your policies around this dealing with abuse and particularly with your staff involved? Yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm really protective of my staff. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, again, a lot of property managers are, are females and not to say that they you know, can't stand up for themselves, but, you know, I think that sometimes, um, you know, tenants will take pot shots at, you know, younger staff and, um, you know, especially if they're pretty or they perceive them to be pretty and, you know, or sort of, um, yeah, they, they like to sort of go. So my thing is that, yeah, we will never take abuse from anyone. Um, I'm happy to take it. I don't mind because I, you know, I'll just go in one ear at the other and I'm fine with it. But, you know, any of the property managers, listen to Tom, I just say, look, if someone starts, swears or is aggressive, just say, look, unfortunately, we can't continue this conversation. If you continue, I'll have to hang up. They keep going, just hang up. You know, that, that, that's, but you just got to tell them you're going to do it. You know, I just say to them, just explain to them that you're going to hang up if they continue. Um, and then, uh, depending on you know what's been said, I will follow up with a phone call. Um, I did this recently. Someone left um, a neighbour of a, one of our tenants left a really aggressive message on um, one of the girls' voicemails. So yeah, I just rang him back and he didn't answer. Um, and I just said um, who I was and that I'd listened to a voicemail that he had left for a staff member and. He was never to speak to my staff like that ever again. Otherwise, I know when you leave and I'll come and visit you personally. Not that I'm, yeah, I just said I'm happy to come down and discuss this further if you wish to. So, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't accept it. And look, over the years, um, I have responded in ways that, and every time that I've done it after the event, I've thought, you know what, that was, 
that was poor, you know, like, you, you know, where, you know, I've, I've called someone people names or whatever it may be, but every time I've done it. No, that's not like you. <laughs> I've hung up the phone <laughs> and I thought, why did you do that? That was, and, and one guy actually rang him back and said, oh, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to sort of call you such and such. And he goes, oh, you know what? I deserved it, you know, but again, as property managers, we need to be better than that um, and not buy into it, you know. And look, it does come like, as we said, I'm nearing the half century. Um, and I think it is, um, you do become mature and, um, you know, you change. But when I was you know, young, you know, it, you get your back up straight away. As soon as someone's going you, you get your back up and, and you know, you respond the same way. And it's, it's yeah, it's not a good look. And, and I think, yeah, I think we just need to sort of breathe and just let it go sometimes. But because um, in, the, in the scheme of things, you know, where you think about it, like some of the stuff we, we have arguments about and conf conflict about, it's not life-changing stuff, you know, like a little bit of cleaning and um, you know, a little bit of damage, you know, it can be fixed. Everything can be fixed. And that's, you know, I use that word as well to people when, you know, they're traumatised and they're really angry and, you know, I said, oh, it's okay, it can all be fixed, don't worry about it, you know, like, don't, don't let it keep you up at night, it's no big deal, you know, because, again, I, I think tenants as well, you know, they, they sort of do feel bad when things don't go right for them or, you know, things happen in their tenancy and, um, yeah, like, I think us as agents, we need to, you know, diffuse that situation and know that we're, you know, we've got their backs as well, you know, it's not just about sort of um, people. I think if, pe if people realise that you're actually a person, I, I find that that sort of works good as well. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Joe, let's, let's wrap this up. This is certainly the longest podcast that uh, I've had, but we've got so much out of it. And I've actually got okay. you down for two more podcasts, Joe. Yeah, right. they are. <laughs> We're going to do one on the ideal week. Oh, the and ideal week. Yeah, that's my favourite. We're going to nail how, this, uh, how we never have to go to tribunal and we're going to nail that one, okay? So um, I really like that. I really It'll be a good negotiator, Darren. Become you know, BDM there. <laughs> I think you've done a great job, Joe. You're a real gentleman. Um, you've got lots of wisdom to bring um, in all sorts of areas. You run a slick, you know, rent roll, a thousand doors or a thousand properties you're managing. That's no easy feat to keep things under control the way you do. You're a legend in the business. So I really appreciate um, your time, Joe. Um, you know, we love you lots. You're part of the IGT family. How can people get in contact with you if they wanted to reach out? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I said, generally available anytime on email. Um, so it's joe, J-O-E, at doylespillane.com.au. Um, yeah. Or my mobile number, you know, anytime. Yeah. Yeah. And reach out, of course, as if you're not part of the IGT Inner Circle, just go to our Facebook page, IGT Inspired Growth Training. Make sure, you, of course, you like it. Join group um, or just go to the IGT that was one Inner thing, Circle. One thing I wanted to say, like, the group that you've got going is amazing. You know, recently, only about a week ago, um, someone had, was looking for a property manager, but they were in another Facebook group. So I think it was the New South Wales one. And... We had three or four of our IGT members say, oh, that's in Joe's area, you know? And it was like, bang, 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 you know? Every other property manager was like saying, oh, I'm in that area, I'm in that area. But we had like four of our IGT guys jump on and say, oh, Joe's in that area, recommend him. Yeah, we got the business the next day, signed up, full fees, no problems. Um, so again, yeah, definitely awesome group and um, so much support. And the people know that, um, 
gave me a shout out on that post because yeah, I wanted to thank them for it. I haven't personally, but um, yeah, it's, it's a great group. And, and me, myself as a consultant, having worked in depth your business over a couple of years, I know you guys are quality. And if you, if you ever do have any property management needs, you want to refer someone, Joe, I am with Doyle Spillane in DY um, on the Northern Beaches um, in Sydney, Joe, um, you know, it's amazing what you do. But we've got to wrap this up. But thank you awesome. so much. Thank you, and, mate. Um, take care, everybody. And thank you to Joe. Pleasure. Thank you, Darren.